Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. I'm Randy Blumendahl, and this is the Coach's Corner on the Yellow Ball Network. I want to give a special thanks to J.P. Weber. Today, I'm really excited about our guest, Ashley Hobson. He's currently the Tennis Director at Inspiration Academy. Over 30 years of experience as a coach, but as a high-performance coach. So he's he's done a lot of things that many coaches in the world haven't done. I mean, he's been involved in Davis Cup, Fed Cup, ITF level, pretty much every level of high performance from the, the start when kids start up programs all the way through to pro level. So very, very excited today. And, and, and there's, a, there's something on my mind that I want to talk to him a little bit about um, as we go on, I want to talk about things and, and, and experiences that he's had. But right now, Coach, can, you know, I want to thank you, but can you, can you talk a little bit about your coaching career and, and really how you got into tennis as a coach and then how it evolved into where you're at today? Hey, Ray, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, appreciate the, the offer and uh, it's an honor to be able to speak to other coaches about this wonderful game. Um, yeah, it's just uh, a lot of it, I think, through, through our life is uh, is luck. Uh, I went to law school planning to be a lawyer, um, specifically a sports agent, and uh, I really uh, looked at it and uh, and didn't, after I finished law school, I was around a couple of agents on the pro circuit, and I saw what they were doing, and I really didn't like it, and uh I started to coach a little bit, and uh, I just enjoyed it more and more and more. And I, to this day, I just love it. Uh, I've just been on vacation for two weeks to Africa and the Middle East, and I, I couldn't wait to get back after about eight days. And I was away for 15 days, and I, I was I was dying to get back. So it's it's still there, and um, it's still something I love. Um, I really, you know, I my childhood coach is. Uh, is, is Dan O'Connell. He is an ITF coach for many years around the world. He's been my huge, um, you know, backer in tennis, and he's helped me to get all the places I have in tennis. Um, he first got me over to the, to, um, the uh, Vandermeer Academy back in 1989, um, and I just finished law school, and uh, I thought, well, I needed a break. Let me see what this uh, place is like, and uh, I spent five years, wonderful years there at Vandermeer with the USPTR, and we had some great experiences. You know, every year they have a PTR conference, I'd go there, and then we'd have other coaches coming in all the time. So that five-year experience as a, as a young coach was, was invaluable. And then at the time, there were just so many good players coming through. We had at least 20 top 100 players, men or women, you know, at that time training. And had some experiences to travel and uh, work with them, which was fantastic. And then um, I had another, I went to Japan and I lived in Japan and had another fortunate experience where I met a coach from the Peter Burwashford organization. And uh, and when I was in Japan and uh, he offered me a job and I was working with the number one Japanese girl, number two Japanese girl at the time, sorry. And she was 21 in the world, and uh, he just said, "Well, there's this national position opening up in Hong Kong." And uh, he 
then proceeded to uh, tell me about it, and I joined Peter Bowers International. And uh, you know, the great thing about them was, you know, their professionalism and standards of behavior from coaches. You know, I don't know if you know any of the the, the the rules behind it. I mean, it's just fantastic organization with you know very very strict rules. If you're late for a lesson, you paid a hundred dollar fine, and you just weren't late for lessons and you know, when you traveled, you had to travel in a suit and tie and just, you know, real, real good standards, which I think um, tennis, you know, needs a lot. You know, I think I see the golf coaches are a little bit more professional than tennis is. And it was a great learning experience for me. And uh, and also just being in Hong Kong for those five years, um, I think my biggest coaching accomplishment is, is in those five years we – we took um, a bunch of kids and we developed uh, uh, so many players into top 100 uh, ITF players. And my groups uh, of uh, in 2001, they qualified for the world group, which is the top 16. So three players in the boys' 14s, three players in the boys' 16s. We qualified through. We beat actually Argentina with all the top Argentinian players who you know today to uh, reach the world group. So that was a great accomplishment for us as a small little country. And then obviously running Davis Cup and Fed Cup, we were in Davis Cup Group 3 and we moved up to Group 2 and we were playing real powerhouse countries like Taiwan and we were playing um, uh, with Randy Liu and Jimmy Wang and then we were playing uh, the Stretch Japan Brothers from Thailand. Um, these were all you know, top 50 ATP players. And uh, it was just a great experience doing that. Um, obviously, on the WCA side, we were in Group 2 as well, and so we were playing all the top Asian players at the time. I mean, uh played Lina numerous times in Davis Cup and Fed Cup, and also spending the time on, on when you're actually on the court and you do, you're coaching point for point through a five-set match. I can't explain the, the difficulty and, and the intensity <laughs> of that, you know, um, five sets is different to two out of three, and you had to think your way through those five sets so differently than the two out of three match, and you had to also change gears during the match, you know, how are you going to play? It's just too long a time for other players to find out how to play your, you know, the play you, you were trying to, cap, to try, uh, captain and coach on the court. So it was a real, real good experience that Dave's Cup on the court, three out of five. Um, and then, you know, just also we had great opportunities to travel because uh, I was with the National Federation, so we would travel to, you know, I was going to 30, 40 countries a year, so some of them multiple times. And, you know, just often seeing different countries' uh, styles of coaching, you know. We're in Jap- I was in Japan a lot. I was in Thailand a lot. Um, and uh, we, were, we would go over to Europe. Um, being a national coach at the time, you were allowed to go to those ITF Worldwide Coaches Conferences. Because at the time, in the 90s, you were only only the top two coaches from each country could go to those Worldwide Coaches Conferences. Um, they've opened it up now to uh, to anybody can go if they pay. But in those days, in the 90s, it was only the top two coaches from each country could go. So there were about three, four hundred coaches, and. Um, just the amount of knowledge coming out of those conferences was fantastic. You know, I'm thinking back to 1997 in Mexico and then 
um, late 92 years later, I think in Morocco and then Thailand and it was just, and then Portugal in the early 2000s. It was just fantastic to be around, you know, some real, real high performance coaches and, and spend a, a whole week with them at those worldwide coaches conferences, you know. And, um, you know, just uh, the, uh, the, for me, it's always just been the, the willingness to to want to learn. I, I still have notes on the 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 the, the work that we used to do at Vandermeer back in 1990, 91, 92, 93. So I can tell you, you know, um, how those, you know, how the clinics would go, you know. And uh, so I, I wrote everything down, and I've just accumulated stuff, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of of our files and and stuff that we we've kept, you know, and um, you know, obviously meeting Chakrisi and uh, you know uh, I'd read about him a lot. I'd read all his books, so he's been a great mentor from you know the what early two thousands onwards. So you know, if you look at the if good coaches through the years, if you look at the past uh, you know twenty five years, I've worked with you know, the top 10 or top five, you know, I've worked with three of them. So it's it's been a great experience to learn from them and it's been an honor to learn from them. And, uh, you know, those experiences have been just very unique. Um, you know, the Davis Cup and with the five sets, um, not many people coach people through five sets of matches and then also working with the National Federation in terms of, you know, working with developing players going to schools and, trying to get players to come to, to, to play tennis and then at the top end then you're working with uh, coaching against uh, we coached against I coached I played had a player who played Michael Chang twice um, when he was two in the world so it was really a great experience felt to do that good stuff coach there's a lot of things you said there that you know I know the same I, I've been trying to and I think we all are that, that are in tennis and love the sport and we're trying to master what we do or trying to find the best ways and, and how to inspire these, these kids today and, and uh, how, to, how to really kind of dive in. And we're going to talk about a lot of that a little bit later. You said a few things that I, I want to talk about later on. Professionalism was one of them. Um, you know, your inquisitive mind and, and you being around people that, we're going to talk about that in a second. I want to get a little more specific with some of the things. There's something that, that hit me initially when we first met. Um, to start off, I, you know, law of attraction stuff. Because a lot of what you said was was when I read about law of attraction, it's, it's, it's a lot of what you said and those answers coming to you because you're searching those out. Um, a few years back, I had uh, this group, Pacific Institute, um, was introduced to me by my boss who played for Coach Knight and played basketball for Coach Knight, and he had a good friend, Cajardo Lindsay, who was in this Pacific Institute, Lou Tice, that started this whole forum up where, you know, he was trying to teach young people that had been in trouble how to how every decision they made there was a good consequence and a bad consequence. And a lot of what he talked about was reticular activation system. 
And reticular activation system in its simplest form is when you're searching something out, all of a sudden you can only you can only filter in so many things into your conscious mind. And when you're searching something out, all of a sudden you start seeing the answers or those answers start coming to you in different forms, whether it's people, whether it's signs on the wall, whatever it is, you start you start searching those out, books, different things start coming up to you. Oh, there's the answer of what I was looking for. But it starts with that picture in your head of what that actually is. So what you said makes a lot of sense to me. Now, I remember back in 2002, I think, when we first met, you were in Stone Mountain. And I I remember walking into your training center with Coach Creasy, and um, I, I just remember, you know, it hit me how unique this training center was. Visually, the signs were all in you know, just it seemed like they were in the right spot, and the loaded language that was on the walls, and the thing, you know, just it just was like answer after answer was coming to me, and I just after a while, I, was, I felt like a kid in a candy store because I was mesmerized by your training tools that you had around, the way that you know everything was in the right place for what you needed. It was like a like a a training haven, and I thought to myself, wow, you know, where is this coming from, and, you know, how did you come up with this? So, you know, can can you talk a little bit about how you developed these training centers or how you came up with these concepts to to come up with the ideas to for the training tools that you had and also the, the signs that you've got everywhere, but just visually – how you came up with these ideas, and then also how you came up with the, 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 the facility itself, the concept of the facility itself. Um, well, first, you know, every environment is different. Uh, when I was in, you know, China or Japan or, or Europe uh, or, or South Africa, the, the environments are, are all different. So you've got to really, and now I'm in Bradenton, Florida, it's the... It, it, I'm trying to find, you know, what sets us apart from um, the competition. I'm trying to find what the people need in, in, in that environment. Um, in Hong Kong, I was in a tight environment in terms of I was trying to find kids who wanted to be, you know, they wanted world-class results, but the kids could only train for two or three hours a day. And so we, I, I got real tight on, on time. There was just absolutely no wasted time. So uh, Hong Kong taught me a lot about time. Um, when I was in Japan, they taught me a lot about the work ethic of the coach. It was just phenomenal. I mean, I'm talking about coaching working until 1 a.m. in the morning, getting up at 8 and then coaching a full day. And this is happening week in, week out. I mean, I was like, this, the work ethic was just phenomenal there. So I, I think this, another thing is, you know, it's just creating that environment is, is the number one thing when you walk in, whether you're a country club or whatever. I've only done performance tennis all my life, so this is my passion. And Creating that environment is the key. And, and I see kids, you know, say, oh, well, I'm going to, I need to hit with a better player, so I'm going to go down the road. And the problem is that sometimes I'm like, well, okay, but the environment, it's bad for you. You, you, you don't have enough discipline, and then that, envir- that, in, that environment doesn't have enough discipline either, so it's going to be bad for you. So setting up an environment where the environment 
where your training is absolutely critical. And, you know, that comes from the culture and all, and all that. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm reading this book uh, from Dan Coyle, the, the Culture Code, which is a follow-on from his other book, you know, The Talent Code, which, I, which is an incredible book, and everybody who's a coach or a parent should read it. But the Culture Code is also talking about this as well. He, he talked about the San Diego, not the San Diego, the San Antonio Spurs coach, Popovich, has all these sayings called the Popovich sayings, you know, and it just struck me again. I mean, I've been doing this, but I see all these other organizations doing it too. The Seattle, I'm not American, so I think Seattle Seahawks coach, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, just saying, you know, has has all these sayings and, and loaded languages. And it's just, you've got to hit the player on the head, you know, with these sayings all the time, day in, day out. And, and just for creating it, you know, and, and an intensity when you walk through the gates, you've got to feel like, hey, you know, this is a place where serious work is done in, in, in for what I want to do. And um, I think having the quotes out there, having the uh, the coaches, you know, working with intensity and, and energy themselves is, is a great thing. I, I've always had a great amount of energy, and it's been a great legacy for my parents. Um, never had any talent, so I understood that real, real well from the beginning. But I think uh, you know that that's really important is uh, setting the environment. I mean, I'm talking from the first second that kid walks in through the gate there. I want them to know that 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 environment you know needs to be super, super tough, and we you know trying to develop tough players, and um, without that environment, um, that's not going to be achieved. So. Um, I think in terms of the signs and the, and the loaded language and, and the environment you're trying to create, um, it, it's absolutely critical for players. Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and inspiring is the other word that comes to mind. I mean, you, you walk into the facility, the current facility, and I've walked in it several years at this point, and there's words right on the on the ground as you walk the sidewalk in and you come into the courts. There's words they kind of get you like ready to go. You're, you're worth, and then you look around and they're all over the place. They just these loaded words where it's like, all right, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to train. All right. So, I mean, wow. It, it's just something I think I haven't seen a whole lot of. It was something very special. I remember the first time I walked in and then every day I walk into this environment, I know how special it actually is. And, in uh, the other thing that I've noticed is over the years is how creative you've been with, well, now you're, you're always trying to find little devices that, you know, kinesthetically can train players to, to feel how to swing and hit the ball. Um, and you've created some of these mechanisms or contraptions of, of your own. Can you talk a little bit about some of these devices that you've come up with? Because I think, to me, I mean – Tennis doesn't really have this huge market. Like in golf, if you come up with some swing, you know, like the Medicus or whatever, all of a sudden, you know, you've got a million-dollar company. In tennis, you may come up with the most genius thing in the world, and you might lose $50,000. I mean, it doesn't seem like right now we have a way of pushing those products forward like we should. But either way, I mean, they definitely help players out and they help develop players. I want to hear how you came up with some of these because you've come up with some really neat things over the years. 
Um, you know, it's, it's obviously the, all the stuff we do is to make players play better. So the stuff that I've got is, you know, that that's been the reason for for having it. Um, there's a lot of devices which you have um, with the speed of the game obviously increasing. What I've been doing a lot more of is is trying to develop things that develop uh, the racket head speed and then uh, foot speed. So. No, racket head speed stuff is that we've got uh, we've got um, you know weights. Well, we use weighted rackets. We use uh, wooden rackets. We use uh, uh, lighter rackets. We use we use sponge balls. We use other you know that there are red, orange, green balls for for high level players to to swing harder. But all of the stuff has been just been made really to make players better. And 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 Randy, you you're brilliant with. Uh, you know, player matching matching players up with each other, and and you're great with the uh, you know manipulating the scores to make the players feel to play under pressure or play from behind or play from ahead or to achieve a target. Like uh, you know, you got to win 75 points uh, worth of 75 points to um, to leave today. So you played you know you played tiebreakers until you won 75 points. It's not whether you won tiebreakers. So that was a brilliant mental way to. To um, to make players better, um, I'm not smart enough. So what I just do, I just rather do the mechanical side. <laughs> so the the, uh, the you know the things have just been to to make players better. Um, and it's funny that you say that. Um, the, we have a racket which breaks in the half, and it's uh, Taylor Dent that uh, uh, showed me that. It was just a phenomenal thing to. Uh, force players to stop their, you know, wrist opening on the serve. But it's, it's kind of stuff that I've got seen from other players, or just um, taken really and, and just made it a uh, and maybe brought it forward a step, you know. So the um, devices have just been, a, you know, a necessity is another forward mention. It's just like I see the game game getting faster, so we started to do tempo. Um, I saw a uh, piano. Teacher teaching piano, and then you see the see her with a um, with the metronome on the on the side of the piano. So that's tennis. You know, you kind of keep the ball going back and forth like a metronome. And I read the Talent Code book, and I watched them playing soccer, and they were playing uh, indoor soccer in Brazil. So because the, there were more touches, five five on the side indoor soccer. So it was just made things more difficult. So the devices have just been to make players improve faster and improve better. To me, it's very simple um, to see and uh, do, but basically <laughs> the last years and years of coaching and, and really being with different coaches who have different systems, I mean, I've just picked, cherry-picked, you know, the best of what I've seen, you know, and uh, we're developing, you know, we're, 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 I think we're on the road to developing players easier and easier right now to higher levels because we really start to hone into this is important, this is not important, and then we're just focusing on on what's important. And you know, it's the uh, it's 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 you're doing it well on the mental side and the strategical side and the emotional side. I'm just doing it on the you know on the more the tactical maybe sometimes tactically, but we're doing it more on the, you know, the technical side and the physical side. Thank you, Coach. I mean, I, I I still think you're being awful humble here. There, there's been a few things I've been like, wow, that's, I mean, 
I had never seen anybody come up with some of the things you've come up with over the years. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I, there was one little kid's thing that you came up with where you had this, uh, where the ball floats above the PVC pipe. And it's basically like T-ball, but it, you hit it out of the air. I mean, these things are, you know, just genius. And then different speeds where the ball's on different heights. I mean, um, it's a, it, it's no wonder kids are developing very quickly in your in your academy, and you know you've done a, a great job with all that. But another another thing that that hit me, I remember, um, you know, Coach Creasy talks to me about this a lot. He said Lou Holtz came, you know, had a quote in one of his books that uh, you know three things about people when you first meet them. One, you you figure out whether you can trust the person or not. Two, is the person committed to an honorable thing? Or three, is the you know is a person does he care about something much more than himself? Well, all three. I remember the first time I met you. All three of those things checked, and I was like, check, check, check. This is somebody I want to be around. All right, and and this is what I'm getting at. And I know you know that. You know, we're working together now. We've been talking about this for a long time. But here's what I'm getting at, because it's about the kids. It's 100% about the kids. And when you're coaching, one thing you've been saying a lot, and I want you to talk a little bit about this, because, yes, all those contraptions, all the mechanisms, all the, the things on the board, all that matter a ton. That starts getting in the kid's head. They start having a visual. They start feeling it. They get the dopamine rushes. They, they start getting adrenaline rushes when they compete. And they, they truly start training for mastery. So I think you, we start planting that seed. And where there's fertile soil, great things grow out of that. But coaching from the inside out, we've been talking a lot about this, and this is something – you know, I know you truly believe in. So, you know, a lot of this stuff, you know, you put together and, wow, some of these experiences, I mean, you know, a lot of hours on the court, but a lot of hours with great people and very inquisitive with the way you thought about all of this and, the, and very meticulous of the way you put it all together. But coaching from the inside out, I think that's the glue that puts it all the, all together. Can you talk a little bit about that in that philosophy? And, and, you know, in my mind, it's missing. It's missing today. There's too many people out there that, that just aren't doing this. They're talking about forehands and backhands and, hey, how can I come up with a perfect forehand and backhand? I'll talk about that on another show because I don't think that's possible, number one. But they're, they're talking about all this stuff. It sells, but really with kids, you know, there's dreams inside of them. So there's greatness inside of each and every one of them. So coaching from the inside out, you talk a little bit about that, Coach. Randy, here's the funny thing, actually. You, you, if you think I have a lot of equipment out there right now, I used to have way more. I used to have every gadget for everything that sold, you know, or anything that came out was I saw new, I would buy it and I would try it. But I you know now I have actually a very, very few um, pieces of equipment. You know, I think my server turn machines are, are critical. But what I sort of realized is that I, I can I can put this uh, this uh, wacky forehand fixer on you and uh, 
try and make you hit the perfect forehand. But if you don't have the right attitude, basically, and if you don't have, if you're not inspired to to learn and you're not motivated and if you're not committed, you know, nothing is going to matter. So I have fewer, fewer things, if you, if you can imagine, than I've ever had before. So, you know, I just, uh, you know, and that's, I just start to realize it's just, and we, we, we as a culture, as, as humanity, we, we're, we have all this more, we have way more uh, information. We have these computers, we have all this fantastic stuff. But are we smarter? Are we doing a better job? I don't think so. So, you know, we, we need to change inside and, uh, you know, our heads and our hearts. And that's where the, you know, training from the inside out at Inspiration Academy, and this is what we try and do. We realize that everything starts from your we're just actually if we don't teach like that we're we're really just wasting our time oh i couldn't agree more coach i couldn't agree more that and i i really think you know in the last thought i've had i have here i mean everything you've said today wow i mean it, it, um, a lot of good information coach i know how much you care um you know, as we move forward in tennis, and you know, I know we have, we all have similar goals. I mean, we all want to help the youth out and find their greatness inside of them. As we do that, working together and and trying to come up with things that work, like we're we're talking about different ways of um, putting together. Um, tours where, where kids can go out and they can travel around and, you know, whether it's through UTR or whatever it is, these developmental, you know, ways of, of, of allowing kids to find their way to be great in this sport. Because, that, you know, the, the thing that always hits me is, and it was something that happened a long time ago when I was very young, is, you know, there was a lot of these hot shot American players at the time, and that, that was great. I mean, I, I really – kind of fell in love with, with watching them, and they were great athletes and very entertaining at times. But the, they would sit me down and say to me, you know, Randy, look, here's the deal. The game is much bigger than any of these guys. We shouldn't be messing with, you know, scoring. We shouldn't be messing with some of the things that are really taking away the very thing that inspires young people. We, we Or even inspires players that are playing when they're retired. We should be trying to find ways to do that. And really, in tennis, it all starts with two things. It starts with events, building events, and then having rivalries. So, you know, putting great training centers together and then putting the other stuff around that, wow. I mean, that, and, and then people working together to make it great, that's what we really need in the future. And instead of everybody kind of holding on to their own little piece and kind of walking, th- watching things deteriorate because too much, you know, everybody's trying to control their little thing. So, you know, that, that is something that I think stems from this, Coach. Honor the game. Honor the game. And I, I think without a doubt, each and every day, you do as good a job as anybody I've been around. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Coach. Um, I, I look forward to you coming on again. 
This is uh, Coach's Corner with Randy Blumendahl. I'll be on every Sunday at 7 p.m. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you, Coach.